Welcome, dear listeners, to Level Up, the podcast that takes you on an exciting journey through the world of personal growth and self-improvement. I'm your host, Dr. Leland, and together we'll explore the strategies, stories, and insights that will help you unlock your full potential, whether you're striving for success in your career, looking to enhance your relationships, or simply seeking a more fulfilling life. Level Up! is your passport to transformation. Each episode will deep dive into a wide range of topics from mastering the art of productivity to the science of happiness and from building resilience to unleashing your creativity. Our guests are experts, thought leaders, and real-life achievers who will share their wisdom and experiences to guide you on your path to personal growth. But... Level Up isn't about theory, it's about practicality. We'll provide you with actionable advice and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your life right away. Our goal is to empower you to take meaningful steps towards your dreams and aspirations. So, if you're ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery, growth, and empowerment, then buckle up because you're about to level up your life. Stay tuned for inspiring conversations, powerful insights, and a dose of motivation in each and every episode of... (gasps) Level up. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with us on social media to join our vibrant community of fellow travelers on this incredible journey. Let's get started on this adventure of personal growth and transformation. Welcome to Level Up. This is Jerry's book, New You Discovering the Magic Hill. Yeah, and Jerry actually lost like so many pounds. Wow. Um, just doing hydration. So he is a hydration expert and certified nutritional therapist. So Jerry Costica, if you guys haven't done anything, he hasn't paid me or anything like that to sponsor. Okay. I love my community. And so when you guys send me stuff, I want to highlight you. And that's actually a good book. It was so depressing reading the first thing. I'm like, Jesus, can this man breathe right now? Just wow. a lot with the deaths. And I got this yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Stephanie Delfonso. Hello. First of all, wow. How an, I'm just reading. I just got this yesterday. So I read basically all the way to page nine. <laughs> that's all I got. But there's so much in here. And I can so relate when she talks about how motherhood and it's our conversation today. This is how she started about motherhood. And um, sometimes we have so much cup and we play so many roles and her cup just got full that when her, one of her child, it was a Cheetos, like, you know, the, the, the junk food Cheetos. Right. It just got to her and she literally just smashed it like a child. And like, I'm so frustrated, you know? And I could relate to that. I had a moment where I said, I don't want to be a mom. I'm done. Like, I I can't. Who told me motherhood is fun? It's not. What is happening here? And, you know, you're like, you need to procreate. You need to. Okay. But first of all, no, this is no. And, you know, I always say I'm an only child. So I have two hands, one for each child. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, okay, but my husband's a child. He can't even do laundry with his. He can't even put his socks where he needs. Like next to his bed is a sock thing, right? A laundry bag. No, he puts it next to the laundry basket that I need. I'm like, okay, what now? Mm-hmm. I need to like train my dogs just to pick up his <laughs> Oh my, so that's really funny. So that's what we're going to be having a conversation with Lachelle, of course. But first, I want to make sure that you guys know that in my community, I elevate everyone. However, I do filter. When I say everyone, it sounds like, oh, it's very like, no. 
I do filter because I want to make sure that we have added value conversations, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I do have people that wanting to hear what is good for the community, right? Mm -hmm. And what can we get? And it's through stories that we get information from. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to share the countries that I'm in because someone asked me like, do you have a list? I'm like, yes, yes. Do you want to help me with my list? Uh, but the yellow ones are the countries that people are listening in. Um, mm -hmm. I put one in here because I, <laughs> I'm Cam, like, how many countries are we in? So these are the countries. We're at 63. Uh, this was two wow. months ago. I haven't checked yet. But Afghanistan, uh, Algeria, Australia, Austria, Bahrain, Belgium, Benin, Brazil, Brunei, uh, Canada, of course, Chad, I didn't even uh, Costa Rica. Czech Republic, Dominican Republic, Estonia, Ethiopia, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Iran, Iraq, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Jamaica, Japan, Jordan, Korea, Republic of South Korea, uh, Kuwait, Lebanon, Libya, Mexico, Morocco, Netherlands, New Zealand, Nigeria, Oman, Pakistan, Panama, Philippines, Puerto Rico, Qatar, Russian Federation, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Singapore, Slovakia, Somalia, South Africa, South Sudan, Spain, Sudan, Switzerland, Syria, uh, Tunisia, Turkey, United Arab Emirates, United Kingdom, of course, United States, and Yemen. So these are the countries that I'm actually looking about. Look how many countries there are, okay? And I have a long list, people. And that's my goal is to level up everyone. And, you know, I get asked about that, like, what does that mean? That's the beauty of it, because it means that each one of you guys right now doing something for your community, you're helping my movement of leveling up, whatever that means to you, whether you're a mother, you're a caregiver, you're a an inventor. I want to shout out to Tossie there because I love her pillow, period. She needs to make, she said she's going to make me a, a, a pink pillow. Uh, it's going to be called CJ's Pink. So I'm oh, I love that. I, love that. I know. I'm a pink girl. Can you see? Pink everything. Um, but this one, I want to go back to Stephanie's book. It's really good. And it actually provides, you know, we talked about the scroll with Paul today in your conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one, ha it provides you techniques, real techniques that works for her and for her clients, right? Because mm -hmm. she does this for a living. And she has been, first of all, I'm so jelly with her voice, like so deep and sexy like that's that i'm like ooh, stephanie talk to me like you know what i mean like i want to be deep voice too but i can you know like i think it's just she's been on the radio as a dj so that's what she does and i was like i'm gonna practice i swear i'm gonna practice low voice <laughs> my husband would be like what are you doing you know <laughs> oh my god but let's talk about you okay um i want to to know you i know you mm -hmm. from all the platforms we're busy leveling up everybody mm -hmm. and today i want to put you on that stage the queen for me is like oh. every woman in my platform is a queen and king right and every mm -hmm. man is king but america's super mom you remember my facial expression when you said you had 15 kids <laughs> Each in my life ever I, I'm telling it is so funny, you know, um, and it's just something to hear it be said because it just, for me, I, I was an only child also. 
And so seeing them all, it just seems like normal. You know, uh, I do notice when even one is not around, you know, but it has just become my life. And so uh, I just don't know anything different, but uh, it's never a dull moment. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, I know we were just trying to talk about that. And you're like, ding, she's like, I don't know how to turn off this group message. <laughs> So true. Oh. Yeah, we have a group chat. Uh, I have nine daughters, six sons. And uh, for me, I think daughters know how to take charge. They know how to be leaders. And so we have a group chat. So everything goes in the chat. You know, we're getting ready towards the end of school. So we have a fifth grader who is going to be leveling up to middle school. So she's got a graduation. So they get these moments where when is the the reward the award ceremony and you know when is her graduation what time you know they coordinate so I've taught them well but it's like non-stop with the group messaging you know my sons are like can we turn this off because they're at school and this is dinging and things like that so yeah that's the story behind the group chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm highlighting I think midnight 10 mid past midnight Aww. like I know. She, I love her. She supports me all the time. She's like my best cheerleader. Of course, Paul. Like, oh, why would? Yeah, Paul is always here. Gabe is here. Janice, sister. I'm waiting awesome. for that pink tossy, like literally. Um, I'm actually going to sell it for you with my friends. But like pink oh, just, just brings me like, because, okay, first of all, I gained 20 pounds from A, I suffer from migraines, if you guys don't know. Um, I have a debilitating migraine for the last seven years. Uh, it's been good for the last year, but it was I eighteen no twenty two out of thirty days. I'm down for the count. Wow. Um, I vomit eighteen times per day. Eighteen times I count them, wow. and yeah, I tried everything to the point where I get depressed. I got anxiety because I don't want to go out. Because I if I go out, when do I? When is the proper time to vomit? Like seriously. Yeah. I, I feel, you know, I saw this uh, interesting thing the other day. Uh, I don't know if it was on TikTok or Instagram, but it is taking some warm water and adding mustard and soaking your feet in it. Have you heard of that? For migraines. No. And they said, and even if you don't have the opportunity to soak your feet, then just taking a spoonful of mustard can help with a migraine. So... That's it must be the yellow. Okay. So I've know. done Eastern, Western medicine. I've tried, I've lost hair. I've gained weight. I had hives, like anything you can think of. I've tried. So I, I found my husband actually re did research about Mill Gibson's dad who can't walk, who can't do anything. He went to Panama and one, I think went to Germany. Um, and they have um, stem cells specific for migraines that they use and they actually it's like ten thousand dollars but you can't just go in there you have to be referred by your doctor to get there mm -hmm. and then i was about to go there and COVID happened so i couldn't travel and i was praying to god and i said i know i have a purpose but seriously i can't see it right now i'm done i don't want to be cj i don't want to be a mom i don't want to be a wife i don't want to be here i don't want to i'm done yeah. Like when you're at that constant health issues, mm -hmm. always, you can't see the light. You can't see the road. It's just like, hello, where am I going? That's exactly. literally me. And 
you know, you add motherhood to that and you add growth mindset to that. It's like, yeah, it's a fancy word, but when you're in it, you don't know what that means. What, what? No. Right. And I, it's been only like two years where I'm feeling better. And I actually got this medicine and I know I saw Kardashian actually uh, put it out there. I'm like, Hey, I didn't know she had migraine, but Nortec. Okay. For those of you, I tried the, the Botox in the back of my head. I wish Botox would be for my face, but I don't have wrinkles yet. I'm so scared of, and it gives me anxiety. It's 40 shots in the back of my head, 40 shots. Every time we do that, I would cringe and I would cry. And my husband had to hold my hand or a teddy bear, like adult. I had a teddy bear. I'm like, (gasps) Because I get anxiety every time. I hate injections. I faint. This is why I don't. I, I I'm not a medical doctor, or will never be a medical doctor. I'm scared of injections, you know. And I had a couple MRIs, and I have white brain cells matter on my head, on my frontal lobe, and it's because of the scarring of the constant pain. And so I've tried everything, and Nortex so far works on a daily basis. It's supposed to be emergency, and then I have shots of Tordal, but I. Cause I go to emergency room every other day, but my, my mm-hmm. liver is cursing. I, you know, and my work was very uh, patient and lucky that I was able to still function. I would go with level 12, level 10 is a maximum that they say I, mine is level 12. It's to the point where my ears would bleed blood. That's crazy. Yeah. My brain pressure was just, and you know what my dad said? Maybe you should just be dumb. Just don't be smart. Like you're thinking too much. I was like, Dad, wow, thanks. You know, like, is that a compliment or is that what? something else? What, what is happening here, Dad? Um, and she's like, stop thinking, CJ. Stop doing this project. And I literally just went on nothing. Like I didn't do anything. And and then when I became a dean, that's when I started my project last year. But I lost best friends. Like yesterday I was talking to Sia and she lost and I didn't want to recognize that because it was too painful for me. And I didn't want to cry again <laughs> on my life. But, you know, Sia shared yesterday that she had too many deaths in her family. And three months before her birthday, her dad died. Wow. Three months after her birthday, her sister died. Wow. So she hates her birthday. That's sad. Yeah. I'm so like... And I didn't want to recognize that because last year was a, the most awful part of my life in terms of like personally, too many deaths in, in, in the family. Mm-hmm. A couple of three or four of my friends died successor, like April, May, June, July on my birthday month. Wow. And then July, we, you know, we found out that my mother-in-law was also dying of cancer. And then September, she was gone. And then, you know, October 31st, my 12-year-old pup my dog, my everything, my son, because I don't have a son, he died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, I'm done. See ya. I'm I'm yeah. checking out. You know, like, it's it's that. It's that moment, like, being a mother trying to be strong is mm-hmm. really hard. So mm-hmm. I want to get to know you. Go back. I know you can go back longer, but I want to just do 20 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Where were you 20 years ago? How did you get here and what type of projects do you have that level up our community? Well, uh, love the question, you know, because 20 years ago, I was still having kids. (laughs) You know, I was still having kids. Our youngest is nine. So, yeah, I was still deep into um, mommy mode and uh, building uh, a legacy is what I call my children. And, uh, you know, I would have been in the heat of 
my 13 year struggle with depression. Um, I was hospitalized three times. So at that point, uh, I was just coming out of my first hospitalization uh, because my daughter, who is now 20, I was pregnant with her uh, during that whole time. Um, but I think, you know, in going back, I just remember having such high standards for myself. So I was an only child. Academics was what my parents really instilled uh, in me. And so I just had this mindset that if you want to do it, you got to do it right. And, you know, you don't depend on anybody else to do it for you. So I just had this mentality about uh, perfectionism, uh, you know, always got to be the best. You can have anything you want if you work hard enough for it. And so that was my philosophy that I thought I could just transfer over to being a mom and uh, have, running a household and having a family. And I learned uh, very early on that this was a recipe for scarcity um, because you feel like, you know, you got to be at your best, you know, um, it's a sign of weakness if you're asking for help, you know, all these different things that, you know, in my mind, no one was telling me this. This was just me putting that added pressure on myself. And so um, my journey through depression was not being able to recognize the signs for myself, what my body was telling me and uh, what was happening in terms of the things that were out of control. So that I thought um, one of the key things was, you know, how I manage my time. You know, I had a checklist. I was so used to being an overachiever. So when I was not getting these things done on my list of daily activities, you know, I would just keep adding to it. You know, what I didn't finish today, I'd add it to tomorrow. And so something as simple as reflecting on, okay, I have 12 things on my list. I only got five done. So why am I putting seven things on the new list for the next day? and adding more to it. I mean, that just, to me, this doesn't even sound right. You know, sounds like I should have said, okay, I got five things done. So maybe I should start with just five things on my list. But, you know, that's that overachiever, like, okay, something must've happened. I don't know what happened uh, that got me out of my focus. So I can focus more if I put more things on my list. So this was a cycle that I was on uh, being an overachiever. And I had certain milestones that worked for me. My kids were making good grades. You know, we would get to school on time. You know, they would be complimented on their behavior. So there were those things that were going well that didn't really give me the insight to check into the things that weren't. You know, I kept adding to my list, even though I had more kids, more responsibility. It just didn't even come across my mindset that I was... Uh, having such high expectations. And so fast forward to my third hospitalization, you know, it was that time that I was able to reflect and I created my own signature coaching program from that. Uh, I call it Fresh Start. It's an acronym for five pillars uh, that really helped me to get out of that depression state and maintain a life depression free. From that, I started coaching um, and I am just a person on a mission, very passionate about conversations around mental wellness, because I think 
uh, through my journey of being broken, I am now a spokesman for people who are suffering in silence. So I'm passionate about platforms that I can get on. Uh, I have now my fifth book project. I had my book. Oh, here it is. Yes, international, right? Yeah. Now what? That's what so when I see that book, I'm so excited. Yeah. Wow, that's so congratulations by the way. I was so I was so honored that I I got to like blast it out on the first day. I was like, "Now what?" Like I had an attitude, you know, like Sandra was like talking about sexy confidence and because I'm a kinesthetic mm-hmm. and visual learner, I'm like, "Okay, so how do you do sexy confidence? Is that a face?" Or I'm like, "Oh, so I just do sexy confidence. That's what I do, baby." <laughs> like I'm going to the world like okay. I got problems more than you can count, but I'm going yes. through that problem with sexy confidence. Let's go, you know, like seriously. You have to. I mean, mm-hmm. because you know, no one is on the sidelines being a cheerleader for you. You got to do that for yourself. And, you know, no one can really gauge. We've got so much going on. Uh, Our moods can change from like the wind, right? And so we can't expect other people to be there for us because they've got their own issues going on, you know? And so um, I'm just passionate about sharing my story uh, through books, my podcasts, uh, panels on live broadcasts. I have a TV series. Uh, Any place that I can get in front of a camera or a microphone and talk about the importance of mental wellness, because I realize that I have an audience. People hear how many kids I have and they sit and they're like, oh my gosh, what is she going to say? You know, so I love to be the one to shine the spotlight on things that people suffer in silence with and depression is one of them. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's a lot. And um, when I when I think back when where I grew up, I grew up and was born in the Philippines. And I told you I shared my grandma had 16 and she had a couple twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> when there's one that's just out there crazy and, and my grandma's like, well, that came out one egg bad like what am I gonna do with that one you know like, and she, and I'm like grandma what do you, I didn't get it you know and she's like yeah he gets into trouble he goes to jail sometimes because he's just not there right now like you know and she loves him anyway because that's her child you know and I and he I said okay grandma why would you keep saving him if he's he's like you see people only see the bad things that he does but they don't see his heart And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, she gives me example. She's like, when you were, no one was picking you up and you were on stage because your parents are not here. Who was there to show up? I said, Mm -hmm. Uncle Mario. And he's like, exactly. So when you didn't have shoes and he didn't even have money for his own child, who gave you that new shoes? Like Uncle Mario. He's like, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think we focus so much on what society thinks for that box. I'm glad Susanna is here thinking outside the box and beyond the box is we focus so much on what is expected of us rather than what we can do. Right. And I met this, um, I don't know you guys, I'm sure you guys know Facebook. My daughter thinks I'm super old because I'm on Facebook, but anyway, (laughs) I know when I was saying TikTok, she's like, mom, don't embarrass me. Don't go on TikTok. So I went anyway. So (laughs) that's what happens. Um, but she, you know, I met, um, Zuckerberg's Randy Zuckerberg is her name. I met her in person to international women's conference in LA. 
mm-hmm. and in person. And her book, actually, I don't have it here, but it's really amazing about so many things that she does, producer, things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's the first one, by the way, to create Facebook Live. She, that was her project. Wow. And she said, I didn't know anybody but Katy Perry. I'm like, oh, nice. I didn't know anybody but Katy Perry. Like, seriously, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I invited her in my platform just to test. And it went viral. I'm like, no kidding. Like, seriously, you don't know Katy Perry? And she's like, yeah, that's how I started Facebook Live to test was with Katy Perry. And she said, I said, so why did you leave Facebook? If you know, and he's like, yeah, just me and my brother, we love each other from afar. So I left and stepped down and have my own production, you know, and, and she loves, you know, bitcoins and all that technology. So I love her. But in her book, she said, do three things in one day. And I have done that. And it's so funny. She said that because I've done that in my life. And when I was little, my book, I, I have it in here too, is Zanzu's War. Do you, have you ever heard of that book? Zanzu's War? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's a Chinese general, and it's actually awful story, but it's a Chinese general that was a nobody, but very strategic on the way he he puts an example of people and, you know, the imperial at that imperial China back, 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 back in the days. And basically what he did in the story is that he was just a strategist and the king's like, hey, you're you're an amazing thing. We're going to war right now. Why don't you um, show me what strategy you have, you know, for going to war? And he's like, okay, give me, um, you know, your your main concubines that you really love. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, I'll show you. So he literally gave like the concubines, I think three or six of them. And he's like, okay. So every day he would say, hey, go ahead and you're each of your concubine. These are your lead. You have 10 people each of this concubine, right? And he's like, okay, about face. Show them how to do about face. And they were like, about face. Okay, show them about, you know, left. And the women would just, because it's all women, Mm -hmm. he would just laugh, Rochelle. They're like, (laughs) about face, no way. Like, what? No, we're not military, right? He would do this for about the fourth day. He's like, he's like, I'm a bad leader. You don't listen, right? He Mm -hmm. did it again. And he goes, now I want you. So he put the concubine on the spot. I want you to go ahead and lead your team to say about face. And they literally just laughed. So he picked the the emperor's main, like, love concubine, right? He's like, you're the leader. Go ahead and tell them and teach them how to do about face. And they still didn't. You know what (laughs) General Su did? Beheaded her. What do you think happened? The emperor was happy? No. No. But then he said, you see, when you become a leader, you have that responsibility to make sure. And he told everybody else, he said, you have a bad leader because you don't follow. In order for you to be a leader, you need to be a good follower. Right. And I have that book since I was five because my great grandparents was in the military in China and my grandfather instilled in us because we're always in war on to follow that right that strategy of life and that's what my book is for everything that I do on in terms of strategy I use that like my guide I didn't have a mentor I didn't have anyone to mentor me I wish I did I missed out on a lot but I figured things a lot about that now go ahead powerful you know that reminds me of a quote that I heard um, never forget what it's like to be a sailor because now you're the captain. 
you know, and uh, that is so true. You know, you have to understand there's different things that you look at in those different roles. You know, if you're thinking about being a leader as opposed to being a follower, there's just uh, there's differences. But then there are some same similar points about being a good listener, about being um, aware of your surroundings and uh, keeping a pulse on what's actually happening. And, you know, what is the goal? You know, understanding where you fit in. I mean, there's so many lessons that we can learn from that. But that is an awesome story. Yeah, when when I read that, I had to pause for a minute. Like I was seven, I was like, "Oh no, he's gonna be dead!" Like that's what I, because mm-hmm. I thought it was just a, a you know. And I I see stories because we're all only in Chinese. Like everything we learned was Chinese, and you know everything was that. And yeah, yeah. And I married a non-Chinese. I made American, so I was the black sheep of my family. I got kicked mm-hmm. out from my own my own tribe because it's like you are a bad seed because you didn't marry Chinese. I was like. But, but my heart didn't see Chinese or whatever. It just mm-hmm. does, you know. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 children is a lot for my head to grasp because I've seen it in person with 16 with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Now, in America, that is super rare. I'm sure there's people out there that have that. But what are you doing to not only get out of depression? And I know you do coaching. Mm-hmm. But where did you discover your power? Well, I think it's the vulnerability, you know, uh, I think understanding that I can really beat and dance to my own drum, you know, Um, and I am the one that can create that context and environment. And so I have learned that being me is the one thing that I can always count on. And so I went through so much of feeling like I had to live up to other people's standards that uh, that was part of another issue that led to a lot of depression because I felt I had to be at the top of everybody's level of expectations. My husband is a retired officer in the military. So there's the pressure of being an officer spouse. He's also a pastor. So there's the pressure of being, you know, a pastor's wife Uh, and then just leaders in, um, our community. You know, there's a lot of things that I've been a part of from PTO to, you know, soccer mom and all these other things that, you know, I was really putting the pressure on myself, feeling like I had to be perfect in all these areas. So it looked like me wearing a different costume, I guess, for lack of a better term, or a mask, you know, because I had to pretend that nothing was wrong. And, you know, this is just my own thinking and uh, be that perfect example in each of those different scenarios. And I learned quickly that that was just a recipe for disaster because, you know, the burnout comes from being an overachiever all the time and just living like in survival mode. You know, a survival mode is really should be for something temporary. You know, you don't drive your car on a spare tire for miles and miles. It's a temporary fix, but I was living that every day. And so having the now knowledge of understanding that I can be myself and I can be passionate about the things that matter to me. And that's where my energy and ability to 
keep showing up is because I'm being who I am and talking about what matters to me. And so that's uh, been a game changer is realizing that. That's so powerful. I think we're so busy everybody else's life and looking at life like I could be that I could do this I could do that. I'm sure you can. Mm -hmm. But what actually can you do for you? Right. Right. And I think if you add people pleasing in that, (laughs) in that mix of amalgamation of emotion, wow, you're not going to get up. And that's how I learn. It's like, it's really hard, especially in Asian culture, we have so much pressure on education Mm -hmm. um, that an A minus in my family is an F. Mm -hmm. And if you have even 0.2% of wrong, you need to learn why you're wrong and you need to fix it and you need to fix it yesterday. And that pressure has been on me forever because everyone's like, CJ, why do you have the need to have all these degrees? (laughs) And um, I said, it's because of my trauma, people. And because Mm -hmm. of that trauma, education comes easy for me. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like riding a bike, even though I don't know how to ride a bike, by the way. (laughs) It's basically like driving. Once you know, even if you haven't driven in months, you know how to drive, right? It's the same thing. Literally, if you give me a problem, that's how I coach and mentor students as well as adults is if you have given me a problem, I have specific questions that I ask from you. And then literally my brain, visually, I could see it in folders and I could Mm -hmm. see it in numbers in my brain that I could visualize. I know how to help you on these. But I can't help you if you're not willing to help yourself. At the end of the day, I can give you whatever tools you need. I mm-hmm. could teach you micro learning. I could teach you economics. But if not something that you're passionate about, you're never going to get it. And so it's not true. because you're dumb. It's because you just don't want to. You're not intentional. It's so true. I mean, you know, uh, we did a challenge and we talked about this briefly in the audio room this morning. Uh, we did 75 hard as a club on Clubhouse with the club that I have. And uh, no one can go to the gym for you. No one can eat healthy for you. No one can do a lot of things that we just think there's a quick fix for. You have to do the work, you know. And so it takes you being passionate about these things, you know. No one can do it for you. So learning that early and recognizing what are those things that I need to do, even if it's hard right? Do you need to get a friend, accountability partner, a coach? Um, You know, what is it that you need to do to help you level up? Because I think, you know, just because we have an idea, we have to recognize that there's a gap there. You know, that gap is your journey. So what things do you need to have on that journey? If you're going to climb a mountain, you're not going to go with some heels trying to climb a mountain. You I'm going to try. <laughs> you know, you're going to get the right supplies, yeah. right? And so we can see this for certain tasks, but when you think about the journey, you know, if you need to have a growth mindset, what are you doing to have a growth mindset? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read? Do you have audiobooks? Do you have people that can help you with that? So I think we forget that it's up to us to create that environment that's going to help us to thrive and accomplish that goal. Every time you say level up, I wanted to dance my sexy confidence. <laughs> I, like that word has been used so many right now with my people. I'm like, oh, I'm creating a movement, leveling up. And people are like, what does that mean? I'm like, it means what are you doing today to level up yourself? Like, did you drink more water? 
that's leveling up, right? Mm-hmm. Were you nice to somebody? Oh, another thing I, I wanted to add with my kids, um, this is not from me. It's uh, Gramps Jeffrey. He's on my LinkedIn as well. Amazing man. Babyboomer.org. Uh, amazing guy. Mm-hmm. He basically said, hey, in order for us to really get our foundation about our children and get them to think of how to be kind to one another, right? He said, mm-hmm. ask a question with your kids and do it every day after school. I said, what is it? He's like, if you have, you know, school children and said, hey, what did you do that's kind to somebody else today? The very first day, they're like, hmm, what? But I have tested it, right? And my kids are already, I know my kids are kind, but sometimes, especially my youngest, just attitude. But when I asked that question, their action became intentional. I'm going to tell mom what I did good today to somebody else. Every day I would hear, mom, I gave him my pencil or mom, I raised my hand because I know my my um, teacher was going to call on him and he wasn't ready and he was about to cry. Or mom, I, you know, have someone help me and then I help them in return. But they were intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Intentional on being kind to somebody else. So that's my thing for you, all people that are in here supporting us. What are you doing today? to be kind to somebody else. And what are you that. what are you doing today to be kind to yourself as well? I love that because you know, you said an important thing and that's intention. Mm-hmm. You know, we could talk about all these warm fuzzies, but you know, how do we incorporate that in our daily routine? That's the thing that we forget and we are not mindful of. And so simply asking that question and questions are powerful. That really yeah. I want to add, Kimberly, she said, I was the black sheep of my family, only non-engineer in my family, my generation who went to college. My dad and uncle are engineers. They were like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> right? Trauma. That's why I'm overachiever. Remember, I just learned that Indian, Sri Lankan, and Filipino are part of my interest. Ooh, I'm Filipino. I'm Chinese Filipino, but like literally I can speak the Visayan and Tagalog language in Filipino. So if you know that, we're going to talk live in, in that language if you like <laughs> I love it. Oh, be careful with that challenge because I will d- definitely do that. Now, my next question is, how do you stay motivated and inspired when you're faced with setbacks or obstacles? Well, I love this because, you know, to me, motivation is something that comes and goes, right? And so I don't do things based on motivation. Uh, what I do is create the things with intention that I feel give me the satisfaction to keep going. So when I first got home from the hospital for the third time, I just made up my mind that I wanted to be happy. And part of me being happy is controlling the things that I can control and deciding and recognizing the things that I can't. So for me, that was a big thing because, you know, what I was trying to do a lot of times in my history was trying to control things that I really didn't have control over. I can't control somebody else changing. I can't control somebody else's behavior, their thoughts or anything like that. So I learned early on that the only person that I can control is myself. I can control what I think, my behavior, what I say, how I respond. And so those are the things that I started working on. And so I summed it up with deciding that I wanted to be happy. And so I thought, what are some things that I have to incorporate in my day that helped me to be happy. 
And so that is really the thing now. It's a lens that I look through uh, being positive, you know, uh, being solution oriented. A lot of these characteristics, even though you can have the obstacles, you know, but they help me to keep going in spite of the obstacles and understanding that I could have an outlook of being more realistic rather than idealistic. So I think idealist, idealism is important because it gives you hope, but recognizing that that's just not going to be uh, the norm 24-7. You know, mm -hmm. even if I want to be happy, there's going to be times my kids are sick. There's going to be times that they get in trouble. You know, however, if you decide, how can I be happy? Maybe it's just pausing, looking at something on Instagram of the seashore. Maybe you go to the seashore. You know, what are some of the things that you can do for yourself to make that transition in spite of life's obstacles? So you take those moments. Some days have more than others of those times when you're intentional about changing the atmosphere or your attitude because you've been dealt some craziness, right? Some chaos is what I call it. And so understanding that you can make a decision to change or take time to pause to get yourself back regrounded because you're going to have those obstacles. I mean, we can be on this uh, interview and then, then all of a sudden the internet starts acting crazy. You know, you get, we just go with the flow. You're you know like, what, wait, what happened? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be ready for those things because, you know, otherwise when some obstacle throws you a curveball, you mm -hmm. won't know what to do next. You know, you'll be paralyzed and stuck and, you know, second guessing yourself and not confident. So understanding that reality sets in where things come that are out of your control. But deciding that you want to come from a place of control whenever that happens has been the game changer for me. That's so cool. Um, before I address this next question, Red Paul, which is kind of interesting, um, you're right. I think when I wanted to control everything, because when you're, okay, think about before like marriage, right? Motherhood and marriage here. Mm -hmm. When you're by yourself and you're single, you're controlling your own actions. You want to go here. You want to go there. You want to do this. You want to do that you want to dress this you want to make up it, it's everything you and then i never know the word compromise basically i i don't compromise like what no i'm an only child who am i compromising nothing no one and i wasn't raised with my parents so i don't compromise with my parents i had a bad attitude okay i really did and because of my past trauma i just felt like you know the world owes me or my parents owes me because they've never been there when really in reality it was your circumstance that you were in that situation. But instead of looking at it all in negative, which I have done for so long, I said, okay, because of this adversity, I am stronger today. Because of this adversity, I can talk about it. Because of there's this adversity, I can level up people. And I've died a couple times, uh, like seriously inside and almost died in 2011. And people are like, why are you feel like you're in a hurry? You're doing so many things. I said, in that moment, when someone tells you you have seven months to live, mm -hmm. you shut down. And your children are three and six. And you're like, now what? I have these kids. And I'm going to leave them with my husband who's not here yet because he's working and hustling for the family. Mm -hmm. Where are they going to go? Right? 
Mm-hmm. And then you question yourself as a mother, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong? Maybe I ate something really poisonous. What did I, maybe I partied too much in Hollywood, which I did <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> and I said, oh man, you know, I used to party hard. Oh, like, you know, people like, oh, you're a nerd. I'm like, yeah. But remember that school comes easy to me. I could literally review an exam, a two hour exam. I can take it in 30 minutes. I got out of class one time because my teacher told me for the whole semester, by the way, I got an A already. First day, I didn't pay attention. I was busy. I don't know what I was doing. I was 21, like talking about party with my best friend. And the professor got so offended. And she's like, you're in this room to learn, Miss Chua, because that's my (laughs) my name. And he's like, you think you know everything already in this class. So I challenged you, right? And I said, okay. If you can solve this problem by hand, no calculator, in 10 days, in class, you're doing it, in class where I can see you, I'll give you an A and you don't have to be in this class. Me and challenge, I love challenge. I was like, bring it. And it was a statistics class. And he literally will take the entire semester to, to, it's like an Einstein challenge or whatever. And I love math. And I was like, okay. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. And it took me three days to solve that for four hours a day without a calculator. But after that day, I was done. I got an A and that teacher had so much respect. He's like, I've never had anyone did that by hand. I was like, school comes easy to me. I don't know what to tell you. It's my gift. Wow. I didn't know about it. I thought everybody did it. Like everyone is in school. Everyone did it. And I said, For a long time, I didn't understand that until literally my best friend is like, why are you going to school again? You already got a master. Why are you getting a doctorate again? Why are you getting another master? And, you know, she asked me, she's like, I give up with that question. You got issues, girl. That's what you just told me. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't want to talk about my trauma. I didn't want to talk about the why. Because I was so embarrassed about my past. Like, yes, I was abandoned as a child. Yes, my parents wasn't there. Yes, mm-hmm. I had seen so many things. I didn't want to talk about those things mm-hmm. because that's taboo. Like, why are you talking about your family in that light? Yeah. Right? It's taboo. And motherhood, we want everything, our children, perfect. <laughs> They're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? No. But when you're growing so much as a person and you don't even realize it, when we had talk and conversation today is stop. Mm-hmm. Silence is very uncomfortable because we're so busy talking and thinking, Mm -hmm. but it is a gift. So I challenge everyone in here in this, whoever is still listening, team replay or live, take a moment of silence today for yourself and just breathe and listen to your breathing for 60 seconds. Just take a moment. You can't get that moment back, but take a moment. Because your life could end the next 30 seconds. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Just breathe life. Take a moment for yourself. Work is going to be there. Kids will be there. Mm-hmm. Problems will be there. Opportunities will be there. But the opportunity to take a moment for yourself will not be there unless you choose to control it now. So true. Paul, it is. Questions, let's well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm curious if you could have dinner with anyone, past or present. Who would you pick and why? 
Great question. Uh, for me, it would be my biological father. Uh, he passed away when I was eight years old. And uh, it was right before my ninth birthday, actually two days before my ninth birthday. My parents had gotten a divorce before that point. But, you know, I always hear everybody's stories about how he was so proud to have um, me as a daughter. And, you know, he used to carry me around a lot. Um, my parents met in college. And actually the same pastor who married my mom and dad married me and my husband. Um, and he was what many people would say a genius. Uh, he was the first um, African-American who was the student council president in a um, city where it was predominantly, you know, a white uh, city. The school was pretty much all white, and he was the first African-American uh, class president. And so um, what was really profound for me this year was during Black History Month, uh, the newspaper did a um, spotlight on previous stories, and my dad had a story that was included in that spotlight. So he was very um, much of a... Um, he spoke out about injustice. Uh, and so I would just love to be able to listen to um, what his thoughts were and, you know, how I can continue to forge ahead, you know, with the things that I do with uh, shining the spotlight on um, mental wellness and really helping people with the tools and strategies in order for them to realize that they already are enough. You know, so much pressure is um, given to people to where they feel like they have to compare themselves with other people and they can't appreciate their own unique gifts. So for yeah. me, it would be my dad, Reginald Kent Ford, having uh, dinner with him. Wow. That's so amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to picture in that dinner. Like, I don't do waitressing job, but I would love to just be a waitress and listen to the conversation. Like, yeah. how do you, you know, and I love people who, who are doing that because my, um, my family is all business owners. We, I think I just learned this five years ago that my family in China, one of my family in China was the largest manufacturers of Levi's jeans for 25 years. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, I have families everywhere. And when you hear about these things, it's like, wow, it's amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I heard from my mom when my grandfather died, we were trying to find the paper. He, um, he actually sold the idea, um, you know, the pen in, in NASA, like the one that you take out and there, the pen, he yeah. invented that pen and sold it to somebody. And I'm like, where's that paper? I want to brag that rights. Like, where is it? You know, there's gotta be a paper somewhere, you know? And, yeah. um, I invented a couple of things, but I never put it out. And I see people I'm doing, I'm like, dang. And I have an, a lot of ideas, but sometimes, like I said, we need, I think as mom, we need to actually look at what is important because we only have so many, we don't have 24 hours a day. Okay. When people are like, oh, 24 hours. I'm like, do you not sleep? Do you, right. do you not go to the bathroom and, and walk away? Like, no, you don't have 24 hours. Mm-hmm. You have hours, maybe at eight hours, and I, I do long hours in that, but you have maybe eight hours where you could be productive. Exactly. 
So what are you doing with that eight hours to level you up to where you need to be? And before we end, I want to address this. This is actually a really good question for, from Paul. Says, I, I'm curious for anyone here as a parent, how do you navigate the fine line between helping and enabling? As a younger person, I hear so many people bash my generation and they're right most of the time, yet they don't acknowledge the role that they played. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so true. And I think I was just talking to my girlfriend, right? Back in the days, women stays home to take care of the kids, right? They take care of their kids. They take care of the household. The men go out and, you know, do their thing. Then industrial revolution comes. Everything that we do do is now, hey, you know, we can, we're fighting for the rights of women. So now you're like, okay, well, now I can work. And even then, even today, we still, I'm still fighting that because we're still not there. I'm, I'm, I actually have dissertation about executive women. We're never going to talk about that. That would be another hour. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a lot of issues with our society. And we like to blame and point fingers. But at the end of the day, as a mom, for me, I'm speaking for me as a mom, it's our responsibility to raise better people because they're going to be the future president. They're going to be the future business owner. They're going to be the, the future, everything, right? It's our responsibility to pay attention to our kids. So many kids kill themselves today. And the parents are like, I didn't know that they were having depression. You do. You weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. You were busy. I'm not blaming you because I can't, I'm not in your shoes and I'm not in that moment. So I can't say anything really, but for me, my daughter was there two years ago during the pandemic. And so when she tells me right now, she wants to take a gap year. It's like a a dagger went to my heart. You mean you're not going to be going back to school? But for me, her happiness and her mental well-being is super important. School Mm -hmm. will be there. Yeah. But I won't have my daughter if I keep pushing. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So I am with you. We need to take responsibility for what we did for our children. So true. Some point, some point, because honestly, there's a study out there. The first 10 years of your life decides the rest of your life. Whatever you know, whatever you're exposed to your kids in that first 10 years of your life is the formative years. Mm-hmm. Anything after 10 years, it's just a bonus. If you mess it up, you're going to mess it up. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the intent. And I always tell my kids, just give them a hug. Just yeah. take your little sweetie. Right? <clears throat> Boys, girls, I love you. And I want, and I know you're raising your children well. I need moms to raise their children, especially sons, better to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some of them so are true. men. How do, you, how do you continue to say, okay, these are my 15 kids and I'm going to raise them the best way I know how? especially the boys like what do you do what are the some of the things that you would say to your kids yeah well you know first I just thank you so much for having me today this has definitely been a wonderful conversation and it's only the tip of the iceberg I think because we could be here for hours yeah I know I love the question too that Paul said about helping or enabling and for me it's the same with my children as it is with the clients that I have it is empowering them to recognize that their voice matters. And I think, you know, a lot of times I was in under the impression that success looked like what I thought success looked like. And so I was really instilling 
that type of um, measuring stick for my kids instead of letting them be the voice for themselves. And so when you are able to step back and let them lead you in that, you know, maybe they want to be a, um, a jockey, right? Riding horses or, you know, we have a, a son who's a, a pilot. He has his own plane, right? And so those things wouldn't happen if they were limited by my expectations or what I wanted. I mean, a lot of the things that they do are way beyond what I could even imagine. Uh, I even have two of my kids in my book. I have a soundtrack. And so their music is in uh, my book. And so I think allowing them to have a voice and then nurturing that voice, you know, the best way I think to lead your kids is to be the example that you want to see. Because we learn more with verbal cues than we do with what people say. You know, you can forget what somebody said. If you didn't write it down, even though it's so profound, if it's not written, it's like you never said it sometimes because they totally forget. So much information is sent to us daily. But if you are living and walking an example, that's going to speak louder than anything you could ever say. So I think it's being that example. And, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier about your grandmother dealing with one of her kids in jail. I mean, I'm fortunate I haven't had that happen, but my kids are, you know, they smoke, they do all kinds of stuff, drink. I mean, you know, I'm not naive to that, but I want them to feel like they can always come to me, that they can always share that. I mean, they have me on their Instagram page, TikTok. Some of the stuff I think is crazy. I just don't share it. You know, they get so tickled because they're like, mom, how many Instagram followers do you have? You know, some of them have less than I do. And so they're trying to ask me for tips and everything, you know, and they're like, can you share my stuff? And I'm like, hey, if it's something that I would put on my page, I'll share it. But if it's questionable, I'll like it and keep it moving. So <laughs> I think being able to have that ability for them to be themselves knowing that I'm one of their friends is going to come on my feed, you know, I just support them, you know, because I want them to be in a space to where they feel like they don't have to follow somebody else's mode. You know, it's already a lot of pressure for them being a pastor's kid. You know, I hear so many stories about people having bad experiences because they're trying to live up to uh, an unrealistic expectation of being perfect. And so, I'm always allowing them the space to be themselves and, you know, try to be a better example so that they don't desire to do some of the things that I don't approve of, but they've got tattoos. I don't have any, I mean, some of them do, some of them don't, but it's just, you know, I love them anyway. So uh, they are a miracle that I'm able to witness every day. So it's just uh, living the life to the best of my ability and being that example that I would want them to never feel ashamed of following. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I know we went over, but this is such a great conversation. Like I, I wish we probably could talk six hours just talking about being a mom. Like I have this, you know, but I wanted to think Paul and Kimberly having all this really great conversation going 
And we need to talk more about all of these issues that we're going through and find ways because we learn from each other, right? I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Now, do you have a show, Lachelle, that you have? Can you want to mention that? Yes, I have a Bold Voices panel every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have uh, all kinds of guests that are business entrepreneurs uh, and professionals on LinkedIn. So uh, it is a show where you never know who's going to be on the show with you. Uh, we talk about a topic uh, organically that we get maybe the day before, and uh, we just have an open dialogue about it. So a great place to network. Uh, we've created a community where we help each other level up. That's right. I love it. See, it's everywhere. It's going to be a movement one of these days, I swear. Um, and I think, Paul, I also want to mention you. You have a show, I believe it's every Wednesday with Susanna. Mm -hmm. And it's right after mine. Thank you. Um, so I can support you. You know, like if we're having the same show, it's kind of hard to support each other. Team Replay. Uh, we can still do Team Replay. It's not a big deal. But I love that conversation. Both of them were on my show. I love to people, you know, put them on stage. But mm -hmm. um, Paul's show, I think, do you have a show with Paul, too, on Wednesday? Yes, Wednesdays? it's on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're doing uh, the world's, the greatest salesman in the world uh, by Ogmandino, the 10 scrolls. So that's every Thursday at 9 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, and that's an audio room. Yeah, and um, I just went in today because, you know, it's 6 a.m. my time when you right. guys started. So the kids are like, Mom, and I'm like, be quiet. You know, yeah. like, I just told them, be quiet. I'm like, I love this conversation. Um, yeah. But I wanted to also do a shout-out for the rest of the month. So Kirsten Beck is mm -hmm. going to be on my show, but she's in Australia, so it's going to be at night for me. Um, oh. I think it's 7 or 8 p.m. It's going to be at night because she's in Australia. And then oh. Deborah Jackson is going to be next Wednesday. Oh. Um, it's all about community building, so it's kind of nice. Um, Mike Waisaki is going to be next Thursday. And then I'm going to be in Donald's show on Saturday the 13th. Oh. I know. And then Donald's going to be on my show on the 17th. <laughs> awesome. We're just flipping channels here. And then leadership. I mean, Peter Quayle, if you guys haven't like met him or connect with him amazing leadership conversation over there that's my passion is leadership um and then jackie lee Katz. okay her story she told me she's in south africa um her story is about like being a waitress and losing the job and then she makes six to seven figures mm. mm -hmm. and she's gonna tell us how she does it so that's gonna be on the 24th <laughs> And Love then that. 25th is Jan Puritz. And then Timothy Gleason is a CPA in Australia. And so that's going to be an 8 p.m. my time. So I have two podcasts on Tuesday. I mean, Wednesday, um, the 24th. But these people are leveling us up in that conversation. So I, I like to invite you guys. Watch, ring my bell, ring Lachelle's bell, and then we're leveling up as a community. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I love everything that you're doing and uh, looking forward to more collaborations in the future. Maybe a book. Ooh, I don't know. Never know. 
As we conclude today's episode, I want to leave you with a truly extraordinary opportunity. In October, something incredible is on the horizon, and I'm thrilled to share it with you. Picture this a gathering of the world's brightest minds, innovators, and changemakers all converging in one virtual space for a transformative experience like no other. It's the Global Summit of October, a monumental event that will shape the future of our world. This summit isn't just about ideas, it's about action. You'll have the chance to connect with visionaries who are redefining industries, global leaders who are solving pressing challenges, and pioneers who are creating a better tomorrow. Imagine immersing yourself in a sea of knowledge, soaking up insights that can supercharge your career, your passion, and your impact on the world. The October Global Summit isn't just an event, it's a catalyst for change. Stay tuned for more details as well, unveiling the lineup of speakers, the agenda, in the coming weeks, trust me, you won't want to miss this opportunity to be part of something truly historic. So, mark your calendars, spread the word, and get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered like never before. Together, we'll take the next giant leap forward in our personal and collective journey. Thank you for being part of our podcast community. Your support means the world to us, and we can't wait to have you join us at the October Global Summit. Until then, keep leveling up and remember, the future is ours to shape. The